From the New York Post, this episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic, visit your Cadillac showroom today, and go check out the 2022 Cadillac CT5 Black Wing. Mm. CT5V Black Wing. It's outside right now. It's beautiful, nice interior. We are live at the Pilsner House Beer Garden Mm -hmm. in Hoboken. Give it up for Pilsner House. Go and get you a beer. Go and get you a beer. Tip your servers, your bartenders. <laughs> Thanks to Pilsner House for having us. I'm the pod father, Jake Brown. This is Blue Rush. The New York Giants win again. Yeah. Six and freaking one. Can you believe it? Let me welcome in the host of the show here with me. He anchors our New York Post sports and SMY videos you've seen on YouTube. He's a former receiver, played for the Giants, won a ring on that Super Bowl 42 team. Let's welcome in BL, Brandon London. Yeah. And we're excited to welcome in our special guest. He made the greatest catch in the history of the Super Bowl, one of the greatest catch of all time, maybe the greatest. Let's just call it the greatest in <laughs> Super Bowl 42 in the fourth quarter, later known as the helmet catch. Let's give a warm welcome to Giant Super Bowl champion wide receiver, the pride of Montclair, New Jersey, yes, David Tyree. Let's go. Let's go, Jerks. Jersey's in the building. I'm from Queens. You're Montclair. You're from where, BL? Virginia? Virginia's in the house. Virginia's <laughs> here. We got a Virginia people. The Giants win by a yard. I mean, that last yeah. 52 seconds would put you in cardiac arrest, some people. But the Giants hold on. They win again. David Tyree, man, this is a closing team. This is a winning football team, and, man, they're fun to watch. Bro, this is new terrain for us, man. It's yeah, been man. a decade of drought, and now we out here raining in the glory. This is good. It's good for the Big Blue Nation. I'm excited. You call that, when you say the yard, I call it the longest yard. <laughs> great because movie. It's a great movie. Great. One of my favorites, actually. The sequel is a, hey, I'm not a big sequel I mean, sequel it's Adam guy. Sandler and Chris okay. Rock. Give me a Long break. It's incredible. But when we talk Daniel Jones, when we talk sure. Saquon Barkley, we talk about this New York Giants football team. I think you all agree that sitting here, they just find a way to win football games. Let's and go. you cannot count this team out Man. ever. This is the ultimate, you're saying there's a chance team. I mean, they just keep finding ways. The stats might it. not favor them, David, but they grounded and pounded down the Jaguars' throats today. And Daniel Jones had a career day on the ground. Saquon Barkley had an incredible second half. Sure. And that's a recipe for success in a game that the Jaguars, how dare Vegas favor the Jaguars <laughs> against what, this what, team? What was that? I, I was blowing my mind. I'm doing some shows on uh, MSG, with, I'm like, how are they giving the Giants three, three and a half points? And this is the team to beat. And the Giants went down there and proved that against a stout Jacksonville defense. It was, it was impressive. Both Daniel Jones and Saquon over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, but 107 what? was the number. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Daniel hold, Jones. Hold wow. on before I let y'all slander Vegas. Because <laughs> <laughs> I frequent there and I like that place. <laughs> was it? It like, was. Okay, I understand they're 5-1, and one, sure. but the Giants' pass game is one of the worst pass games in the NFL. Yeah. You're talking about the rush defense. It's one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. It still is. So I, <laughs> And it is. ETN got off today. 
So I understand where Vegas was going when it came to that. They looked at this as that trap game or that bait game yeah. to try and get Giants fans to throw their money. But guess what? Still came out and cashed out. Well, y'all did. I had Giants, Giants minus two and a half at plus 172. Got a nice yeah, little there you go. chunk of change here. The Giants, for the first time in 14 years, are 6-1. and one. And it's time to stop saying, guys, this is a fun story. This is a playoff contender and a team at this point that would be a disgrace if they didn't make the playoffs, David. Yeah, that's actually a heck of a statement when you think about it because they're – like I said, we talk about finding ways to win. It's not just that they're finding ways. This is a team that was horrific last year. This is a team that was the laughing stock at the end of the NFL season where we're looking at quarterback play, where we're looking at decision-making, and this is 100% one of the – Probably one of the most historic first half turnarounds of a team. So just big, big kudos for the right right hire on GM and, and, and head coach for the New York Giants. It's good to see and feel that. I, I love the regime change. I love the energy they bring. Brian Dable and the ball head is the best ball head in New York since Jake Brown. Yeah, that's like, true. Like this Cocoa Butter. I'm I'll, just I'll saying, take a Cocoa baby. Butter sponsorship. But, but here's the thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contest you on this one. Go and for I, it. they're probably going to be in my tweets and DMs. All right, negative Nancy. <laughs> Is this 6-1 Giants team a playoff team? I am still at maybe until you bring in a wide receiver number one. I'm not being negative Nancy. I'm not a hater or anything like that. Too many drop balls. We're relying on... We're relying on Daniel Jones to do too much. You're putting too much on the shoulders and quads of Saquon Barkley. It's just too much. Too many drop balls and left money on the field True. for me to just go in. Not a Giants fan, former player. My ring ain't going nowhere by saying this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, DT? No, you got to be objective. I'm not. But, but in, that, in that receiver room, I had you, Plaxico Burris, Amani Toomer, Steve Smith, Sonoris Moss, Mike Jennings, Anthony Mix. It was a, Need I say more? It was a to long. Try and, <laughs> to try and make that team, let alone be a starter and a playmaker. Yeah. It is, I understand the Giants are down to undrafted free agent, wide receivers, and NFL journeymen. It's true. But I look at that, and I look at it like there is an opportunity, opportunity for you to be immortalized In New York City and the Tri-States, you might get you a Cadillac scoring a touchdown. And I need to see more from the Giants receivers. Yeah, I I could agree with you. I still think they're a tremendous playoff position because they're playing to their strengths, right? It's really just like any good coach is going to play to his strength, and they are creative enough offensively and defensively to position them to get team wins. This is not a good roster. Let's just just go out. This is not a good roster. This is a fantastic team. And that is what is so special about the way the Giants are absolutely winning. Darius Slayton, we know the talent was there, but him coming off the bench and giving at least a a place of comfort for Daniel Jones has been huge. So I think that's true. And the reality is, if you're a receiver in the National Football League, New York is where you want to be right now. Because these guys, there's some young, young players that are blowing an opportunity of a lifetime to give themselves a resume for the future. And it's, it's tough to watch when, when I look at Guys like yourself, guys like myself, who were itching, crawling, scratching for opportunities amidst a team full of superstars. So, yeah, man. It sounds like you're talking about a guy that rhymes with Holiday, uh, <laughs> who collected a big, big fat paycheck. Man. That, isn't, how frustrating is that for you, you know, as a guy grinding to get there to see 
a guy like that and a guy like Kadarius Tony, who we see the talent out of him, but we can't see sure. him get on the field. That's got to be annoying for someone like you. Yeah, it's annoying, but you know what? I think guys like that earn their contracts based off of past experiences, right? Mm. And, I, and I, bottom line is I was a special teams guy coming into this league, and I earned my contract as that. And I created other opportunities, and I was reliable, but I wasn't seen as that guy. And that's something that every receiver is going to have to overcome is the perception that your coaches or your front office has of you. And these guys have proven that they're not necessarily that reliable, right? Minimally, they're not reliable. It's not a talent issue. BL, I like the line he said where you said, David, they're not a good roster, but they're a fantastic football team. Absolutely. They've played together, and Mike Kafka deserves a lot of credit to dial up anything with the guys he has out there. Having Wandale Robinson back has been monstrous for the team. Six catches today. Sure. That's 15 for any other. I mean, that's for the Giants, that's 15 catches. Because if you have six, the way they've been spreading out, that's a lot. Six for 50 and he has the option to run. Mike Kafka's working, you know, not with a lot of talent, but he's drawing up plays and it's working. It's the buy-in factor when he go. said, like, that was the translation to me when he said it's not a, a, a good roster, but it's a good team. To me, translation survey says <laughs> the buy-in is there. Playing yeah. family feud. It's, yeah, so when we talk about a Wandale Robinson, has haven't even scratched the surface Man. of what they want to do with Mighty Mouse. Remember, he was he was a running back at Nebraska. Yeah. So when they talk about how the Giants went and was aggressively went after him in that second round, people are like, huh? Like, why would you grab this guy? Sure. It goes back to Kafka sure. and Brian Dable understanding what they were going to need, what little puzzle pieces they were going to need to make this offense as productive as possible. Sure. We haven't even seen him lined up in the backfield yet. No. We just saw the jet sweep because he's coming off that knee injury. Absolutely. The ceiling or, 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 or the, the what, what do you call it, the scratch, the icing on the cake. There you go. Like, go for it. I'll take like, both uh, ceiling and cake. Survey says. Put some cake on the ceiling. <laughs> All that. Put some cake on the ceiling. <laughs> we haven't even seen what he tr- truly brings to this offense. Keep waiting. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, the, the I was one of those discontented guys when they take a Wondell Robinson. Why? Because let's look at the past history of smaller receivers the Giants have taken. And, and let's look at the caliber of your quarterback play over the past years. The smartest thing that the Giants did for Eli Manning was to bring in, you had Amani Toomer, and then you bring in a, a Plaxico Burns. Big, rangy, you know what, let's, let's, let's kind of minimize the, the gap for error. If we got an inerrant guy, this guy can go get it. Stow it up. Yeah, man, up. You, and you need that for an emerging young quarterback. Daniel Jones has needed that, and they also have proven over time to get nixed a little bit more. That's the reason why I was down, not talent-wise, but, boy, the, you know, that, that, that jet sweep looked real good. He runs like a freight train. But, but wait, they still don't have that throw-it-up guy they don't. just yet. That's they still well. Kenny Galladay was supposed to be that guy, right? And and I wish the best for him. I want sure. him to come back. All right, as a guy who's in Quest Diagnostics Training Center, and I'm around these guys, I don't. I'm not going to say it to bash him or or anything like that. But as a guy who's undrafted, sure. and I remember doing training camp up in Albany. That's how far we go back. Come on, bro. When Giants training, make some noise if you remember when Giants Albany. training camp was up in Ooh. Albany. Well, they came up to Albany. Let's go. Up 87, up to Major Deegan, if you remember that. <laughs> I remember one time I tried to hop in front of you for, for some one-on-ones, and you go, uh-uh, young, young buck. <laughs> we all competing for a job here. Yeah, absolutely. So, if... 
You hungry for reps like that. Absolutely. I look at the 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 me 2007 looks at a Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony. Sure. You're the money guy, you're the drafted guy, and you're not playing. I want your I I'm going for your spot. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest challenges. I think that money people don't realize when you get the bag, it can do one or two things. It can it can cause the contentment that will that will poison your career or it can create more motivation for you to validate it. And I think over time, we would probably have to stick with the, with the former versus the latter. And, you know, the, the, the upsetting thing is that's what Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Galladay was supposed to be for this football team. But you have to understand, like, New York is a place that most people can't thrive under the criticism. There's not a lot of people that can thrive, and that's what makes it so special to be here in this environment and, and take an opportunity. The good thing is Dable's creating a culture where if you don't want to be a part of this, something's wrong. It should be guys coming back from injury quicker because without them, they're cre- – they're, they're, and listen, this train, you can miss it, and that should serve as some super-duper motivation, and I don't see it from those two missing characters with Tony and Galladay. Well, you said you need a receiver. The trade deadline is next Tuesday, November 1st. Chase Claypool is a guy that's out there. Maybe a Jerry Judy is a guy that's out there, K.J. Hamler. You have to go out and trade, say, a second or third round pick and get someone like Claypool. If you take this team super serious, and you said playoff contender, if they want to get one of these guys, they become more than just a contender to make the playoffs. They could go on a run in the playoffs. But like you said, you need a receiver. Do you go out and trade a high-end pick now that you're 6-1 and one for one of those guys? I'm not giving a second or third rounder for Chase Claypool, KJ Hamler, or Jerry Judy. Really? Uh, the only ones that I would really give Jerry up. Judy? Uh, Jerry Judy? Jerry Judy's worth a second Jerry, or third round pick. Jerry Judy drops more balls than a lot of your average guys that they have on the squad right now. So yeah, that's a, a big Bama guy you could bring in that Dable knows from Woo. being back in, in Bama with, but absolutely not. The only receiver that I am throwing money or, I mean, picks at is DJ Moore because he's he is battle contested. And you have to think about, you're coming to New York. So you're they say first round pick, you do it. No. Second. A second, second and, round a, and, a, and a 2024. Fourth. Third or fourth for DJ Moore, absolutely. But well, those other guys, I don't know. I don't, what about you, Tyree? You do I'm it? Not, I'm not doing anything. I think this team needs to ride out the, the quality and character and caliber of their roster because they're not – like, they weren't supposed to be in this situation. There will be no letdown. If the Giants make the playoffs, which they could and should, there will be no letdown if they're knocked out in the first round. Let's just be like – and, yeah. and, and so – that would be the expectation in life because this, this was a, a robust roster when it was healthy. This was a solid roster if it was healthy, and it hasn't been healthy for but the But don't first you think weeks. you change your plans now that you're 6-1? and one? Like, don't you got to go one. get someone? Yes. It, well, no, because you, like at, the, at the expense of building the team that you know that you can have, I don't think that's something that's worth forfeiting. Meaning, like, the, if, if they're projected to have 40 to $50 million in, in cap space next year, are you going to give up that draft capital, that high-end draft capital? for? And, and let's just be honest, even with Daniel Jones, we've seen everything that we want to see out of Daniel Jones. But this will be the first one year for a body of work. It puts you in a real tough position. Are you going to pay $30 million to, to franchise Daniel Jones? Are you going to give him a big – this is one, one year of greatness. Uh, he's he's – He's, He's proven this year at 6-1 and one with B. London, with a bunch of B. Londons at wide receiver and, then, <laughs> and, and Saquon at running back. Sure. He's proved 
Because you look at his numbers today. Can we draw his it's, numbers up today? It's beautiful. He was his numbers 19 were, to 30 for 19, 202 and, and 107 and, yards and rushing. At least had four drops. Two touchdowns. Agreed. At least had four drops. So what is it? Who? What is he supposed to do? Who well, is he supposed to throw to? I think this is what you have to say. Meaning, like when you're talking about laying the red carpet for your franchise quarterback, you need to see multiple years of this. And I, not with these bad receivers. You need to see multiple years of stability and performance. And unfortunately, I always said this, just like most people have observed, he is Eli Manning 2.0. What did Eli Manning need? A, a firm offensive line and some playmakers around him. Meaning, like, when you put the team in place around this guy, he may be able, he probably get you where you want to go, right? They catch fire, we're going to win a Super Bowl. But he is not the guy that Lamar Jackson comes in and immediately commands success and dominance and changes the culture of a bad football team. I don't disagree with that, but I disagree with the fact you have to bring him back no matter what the cost, one-year deal. The season he's putting together with, like, the guys he I, says, you, you can't go with another quarterback next year. You just I, can't. Think, I think I would actually agree with you, but it's going to be extremely expensive, and it would yeah. still be, what if this guy, what if this was a one-hit wonder? You don't want to put down money thinking about a one-hit wonder. He's like the Baja man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Kudos to Daniel Jones because he deserves it. He's had the skill and potential and ability, and now he's proving. Yeah, he's, he's been fun to watch. And I think the game where his hand was bleeding in London, where he was like, all right, this guy's here, there and he's our go. quarterback. And I, don't, I think that was the moment I kind of felt like it, was that bloody hand. That was the game. Banged up, guys. We got to show a little love to the defense before, you know, we move Ooh. on here. Ooh. It You know, <laughs> again, they put you in cardiac arrest the last minute, oh, but man. they forced first half that big fumble in the red zone. You know, that was Xavier, a big play. Xavier McKinney. Xavier yeah. McKinney. And then Xavier McKinney and Julian Love again did it, getting Christian Kirk down to the one-yard line, pulling, uh, what was it, these, the Super Bowl with uh, the guy who's a principal now. Uh, the Rams. Uh, Rams, uh, Rams. The receiver. Oh, Dyson. Boy, Dyson. Dyson. Kevin Dyson. Nice. Kevin Dyson. Tennessee. That was a little Kevin Dyson moment yeah, there. That Tennessee. was. But like I said, and you said cardiac arrest. I'm like, that's never a good sign when you know you can there just gash a team. They, I mean, like, they are just getting gashed. And, and this is the beautiful thing when you kind of have belief, opportunity, and a little bit of magic, right? Like some fortune on your side. These guys are making the plays when they have to make them. Julian Love, Xavier McKinney. The playmakers are making the plays. But, boy, good teams aren't going to make those mistakes. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, we can't say that they're a good team. Definitely not. So it's good kudos to the Giants because that's what you're supposed to do when you're that team. They, are, they have a winning coach. Again, you're finding ways. And that's Fine, the thing go. about football. That's the, the NFL season. This early in the season, what are we, week seven? It's all about stacking wins right now. Come on. You don't know completely what you are. You, you know the identity of what you want to do. Hey, I want to run the ball here. Hey, we want to throw the ball 40-something times if you're a part of this team. But the, the, the NFL landscape is ever it's ever evolving. There you it's go. It's changing. That's One guy point. goes down, your your offensive mindset is completely different. One guy goes down on defense. Now we're not a blitzing team. We're we're a, a rush four, drop seven type type team. What Wink Martindale is doing right now Amazing. is Amazing. Absolutely Come on, out bro. of control. Wink is me on Madden. <laughs> I'm just blitzing people. Creating players? Creating players, <laughs> blitzing people. Because remember, here's the biggest thing. And I said it when we were in the Uber on the way here. Uber Ad life. Big shout. Adore Jackson needs more flowers. You, you think so? 
Number 22, cornerback one, Adore Jackson, needs more flowers. Because when James Bradbury left to go to the, the Philadelphia Eagles, everyone was like, oh, corner is a, is a big it's a big question mark. What are we going to do? Sure. Who's our CB1? Who's our CB2? Dory Jackson has held it down and has locked up half of the NFL or anyone that he's faced. And then sure. to go even deeper into it, Fabian Moreau. Yep. Oh, coming off, coming off the bench. Coming off the bench. Coming out cold. You are playing lights out. DT, on the, on the broadcast, they were talking about how he could get paid as a cover corner. Moreau? Moreau. Whoa. They were talking. I said he about to get the he got, he about to get a tri-state Cadillac. Whoa. Well, that well, like I said, I think it's hard for me. And I and I was I was one of these people I'm holding out that statement on Adore Jackson. Not because like he's talented. He's he's that we're not talking about talent ability. Um it's it's one of these things where do I do I know the intricate details of, you know, is this zone? Is this the creativity. When I'm saying who's the MVP, I'm saying it's Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. The positioning, the, the creativity, the three diamond, the three stack people, the, how you're deploying in different gaps, that creates so much confusion. If there's, and all you have to do is get players, what, thinking, right? Because if you're thinking, then you can't play can't as react. fast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the beauty of what this, this defensive culture has created versus, hey, man, we just got four guys, we're lining up, and you're locking this guy down. And kudos to, to, to all of them because you have to perform at the end of the day. Yeah, and he's playing above the X's and O's, DT. Big time. Like, I, I know what you're saying about it's the coordinator's job to put player X in the right position. There you Not go. only is he in the right position, but he's coming down, he's making a play. Big time. Pass breakups, he's there, he comes up in the run game, you know, he fight did. on. I saw one today, he put a smack down, he, he knocked himself. Look, I thought he knocked himself out. I thought he knocked himself, he put that <laughs> shoulder down. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> you be over there, you know, CTE, be like, oh, we pray, Lord, we pray. Yeah, but but it's just one of those things, like you say, it just goes back to what you say, and I, I can't wait till we clip that clip. Yeah. It's not that good of a roster, but it's oh, a good Fantastic team. team. This is, and people need to understand about, about the NFL. That's, that's, that's what most people overlook is the power of people united in their beliefs. Because at the end of the day, there's, no, there's, not, there's nobody that's untalented, that's not talented. Yeah, right? it's yeah, like, everybody can run, And that's catch, what people throw. miss, right? Like, it's just not the same talent. Like, I never looked at, I never went to work. Like, yo, I'm more talented than Plax and Tune. <laughs> yo, man, you know, I don't know why they drafted Steve Smith. Like, nah, I know why they drafted I Steve Smith. <laughs> I saw the boy track the ball. Like, yeah, yeah, he's one of the yeah. best ball trackers yeah. I had ever seen. Yeah, man. So was, I was, that was one of my key, my key thing. My superpower was self-awareness as well as competition. Okay, this dude does this, this, this well. Okay, I, I got to minimize all my mistakes if I'm going to even out the playing field, and I got to do this, this, and this well. And most people don't have the ability to assess themselves well enough to get that. Elijah Moore. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started with that. Wake you're, up calls. You're listening, you're watching the Blue Rush podcast on the New York Post, our New York Giants podcast on the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown, Brandon London, Super Bowl champion Brandon London, Super Bowl champion David Tyree, yeah, former good. Giants wide receivers, talking about a Giants win. A couple of notes from our producer, Andrew Hartz. The, 
The Giants are the third team in Super Bowl era with six-plus wins by eight points or fewer in their first seven games of the season. It's only happened three times, per Katie Sharp on Twitter. And go. then the Giants have the third toughest schedule, according to Tankathon, going forward. But Dang. it doesn't look that way to me. Like, you get the Seahawks next week at Seattle, winnable game against Geno Smith. You get the Texans at home. You get the Lions at home. Then Dallas Commanders, Eagles Commanders, like I mean, let's say they win both games. Let's just have a little fun and guessing game here. Yeah, you win both games against the Commanders. That's eight wins. You beat the Texans. You should beat the freaking Texans. That's nine wins. You beat the Lions at home. That's ten wins. Say you lose to the Colts. You lose both to the Eagles. You lose to the Vikings, uh, and you lose to Seattle. That's a 10-win team. That's playoffs. Absolutely. And that's a wild card spot. That's a wild and you'll card. sign up for that any day of the week. The Giants are that person on Instagram with a lot of filters. Like, <laughs> you know all about uh, that. Uh, You're dropping thirst uh, traps. Uh, Come on. At 6-1, and one, got the big cheekbones. <laughs> hey. It's like... Oh, oh got, got the makeup on. Let me slide in that DM. <laughs> then you meet that person in, in, you meet that person in person. Looking like an sounds, oxy commercial. Sounds like you have experience. <laughs> Looking like an old oxy commercial. That's you with lighting that. But but at the end of the day, you still have a great time that night. Okay. And you still, it's not anything superficial in that sense. You have a great time because there's substance there. There's something there. This is Blue Rush makes something there. There's something there. I'm going there. I see where you go. I see where you got a lot of history. He has a lot of experience. I see that comparison. I get it. It's a Blue Rush catfish crossover episode here today. A couple other notes. Ben Bredesen looks like they've avoided a serious injury with him and Evan Neal, who got hurt as well. Daniel Bellinger got hurt, came back. It looks like he'll be okay. Adoria Jackson. Uh, was getting checked for a concussion, sure. and uh, he came back in the game. So there's some optimism on the injury front here. But, guys, 6-1, and one, you're taking it. And it's next week, Seattle – here's the thing. You win this game, you could afford a loss to Seattle next week. That's in Seattle, tough atmosphere. Obviously, yeah, you want to win, but it's not so, the end of the world if you lose this game. Don't say that. No, don't no. say that. Don't say that. High. Don't say that. You just watched the game. <laughs> you just saw the way within the last couple weeks saying. how they've come across. We, Down two possessions against the Ravens, came back and won it. Down against the Jag, wires, like you said. Jaguars, Jaguars, not wires. I don't say it right. I'm from Virginia, bro. <laughs> Down against uh, uh, the Packers. Do not say, oh, you can lose that can't game. can't afford nothing. Because no one in-house, no one in that locker room is thinking right now, oh, we can go out there and lay an egg against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. <laughs> Don't say that, bro. The Giants are playing against, with house money right now. And so they, you want to keep it that way. And I'm going to be honest with you. So I was, I was, I was obviously in the, in the front office, and I remember the season, of course, which was a horrific thing to revisit, but – the year where, you know, Eli theoretically got benched. And Geno, Geno Smith was, was, was a quarterback, backup quarterback. At the end of the season, I think what the front office was trying to do was the right thing is you have to evaluate your roster. And everybody was like, oh, Geno Smith. And this is really just to highlight Geno Smith because technically he's in line for comeback. You got Saquon, who's in line for comeback player of the year. And Geno Smith is having a dynamic football season. He's making this whole trade look like, Oh, my goodness. So here, here we are. Now this is not a walk in the park. But Gino, like you said, if they wrote him off, this is one of the teams that wrote him off. So we got to cash that check. You were the director of player development for the Giants. I was. 
Have you seen a shift here? I mean, obviously, we see it in the oh. regime. I don't know if you could even answer this question. Oh, man, I got but, some uh, horror stories. But uh, Well, feel I, I free to share. share. The mic is I, open. Yeah, I, I, won't, I won't disclose the, the worst of it, but it was, it's frustrating because that's a role that can be really empowered to do some dynamic things within the, within the organization. And if, if, if your leadership doesn't understand how to deploy their assets on the chessboard, then you just, you're almost, it's, 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 it's a lot of uphill battles. And um, yeah, I, I'll be honest to say, yeah, I, I was definitely undervalued in my time, my experience, my, you know, and that's on the field and off the field is easy, but everybody's struggling in their lives off the field. Meaning like, so whether you're gonna create a conversation or a resource, but if you don't give me that, that blessing to have this conversation, if everybody wants to be the guy doing, quote, unquote, my job, if I'm going to be a bridge, bridge between players and front office, yeah, man, everybody wants, you know. So, yeah, it was tough, and it was great to watch the job. For me, I, I, I am alumni. I am, I am that guy who had a lot invested. I've been down since 03. So it was tough to be in position to come back to the Giants and look at the culture completely different than when I left it four years ago. I, honestly, I remember when they gave me the in-house job 2016, I, had, I interviewed you as part of my like uh, yeah. my audition there, you know. <laughs> but every Giants personnel or anyone who works within Quest Diagnostics Training Center no knows there's a shift in the culture. Oh man! So I get how you're kind of like dodging the bullet a little bit. A little, it was you know, bad. I would have loved. I would love to see you as director of player personnel with Joe Shane. And Brian Dable, uh, a coach that wears Jordans, plays hip hop <laughs> music, just not even hip hop music. Just a real person. Just, just modernized. And then the Joe Shane. I remember being in London. Uh, we were shooting the Eli Manning show. The entire front, the entire upstairs of Quest Diagnostics came to the bar that we were at to shooting Fire. the Eli Manning uh, show. And I'm like, Joe Shane, like, what are y'all doing here? Their hotel was like an hour or something away. Love it. We want to show support. Mm. We wanted to show that we're behind our guys. Oh. We want to. So little things like that. They yeah. got DJ Camelo coming in. They got DJ. Come on, they got the they, D- got, they got the DJs in house. It's just a different. It's it's a different dynamic, and I think the people are feeling that. Yeah. And the people in house. That's why I wish that you were still. Director of player personnel, like, or, or at least in the building a lot more because you didn't get the chance to feel all that. No, I didn't get that a chance nostalgia to feel winning. Listen, I, I, I was the guy trying to bring in, trying to connect those dots. But, you know, I'm not a guy that offers information that, you know, when people don't ask you, they don't really value your opinion, right? I think in general, if, you know, like, you got to find a way to be helpful and useful. And I, and I had those conversations with my higher-ups. But, you know, yeah, I bring in a Jay Williams who's, you know, obviously doing, doing this thing. Me, me and Jay grew up together. I bring in a Spice Adams to, to, to you know, kind of share his story, lighten up the, the mood and the atmosphere. But it was all under closed doors. It wasn't connecting in a way where I'm trying to connect a little bit of culture, New York, the heartbeat and the pulse for these players. But, hey, man, it, it was a good, good shot, good opportunity. But it was really poor, you know, like, and it got even worse, sad to say, with Gettleman, because I knew him prior to GM Gettleman. Yeah, he was a completely different yeah, dude yeah, when, he, when he came in. in that I room. was going to ask about that. Yeah, There's it was disgusting. Two words, Dave Gettleman, go. Disgusting. Is that, is that, just call them the syllables. Meaning, like, in relation to the kind of ego, you know, like, and um, this is an ego-driven business, so we expect some of it, right? Like, you know, this is your shot. But they actually, honestly, without saying all the details, they made me like I was a part of the problem of the New York Giant culture than I was a potential solution, which was really disheartening because you, you, 
Yeah, I, I've been down. I've been down since '03. Yeah. Meaning like. I grew up there. I mean, like, I got arrested on marijuana possession. Different day, time, and age. No Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I got arrested. Made some bonehead decisions. You know what I'm saying? But I grew up, and, and, and coughing didn't throw me out like the bathwater. Uh, so I, I come with a different, like, nah, man, I mean this. Like, I grew up here. I proved that I was worth the, uh, sticking with this guy because, yeah, I was an all-pro special teams player, too. So it's stuff like that when, you know, to be kind of get that kind of energy where it's like, are y'all really coming at me? Yeah, and yeah. um, and, and mean like not you didn't you didn't ask me. They just assumed, right? Like that's yeah, the, yeah. that's that's the tough stuff. So, that so I would, you're saying Gettleman threw you out with the bathwater? Yeah, it was that? a couple. I had I had some unknown enemies that when when he came in, wow. you know, it wasn't it wasn't good. The four years prior to you know, I came in coughing out in two years, two years with McAdoo, but I was kind of at least positioned where there was respect. And, you know, we were just going through the hard times, trying to get, a, get turn, you know, turn the culture. So when you talk about being thrown. In the water or throwing on the bus or whatever. Sure. Like, I, I kind of zoned out. Of that going on. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about two guys who were thrown under the bus during that regime. Yeah. Landon Collins, Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. That's good. You, again, my first year there. Player of was personnel. Odell's was Odell a cancer in the locker room or was Odell really an OG in that locker room? He was not a cancer. I can, I can absolutely say he was not a cancer. But Odell handled a lot of things, toward, especially toward the end, the wrong, the wrong way. And, you know, football is not basketball. Like, so you're not LeBron commanding decisions around the roster. Meaning, like, and we're growing up with an athlete today. Today's athlete wants a seat at the table. And you have to be a little bit more tactful in the way that you approach okay. it. Right? So I would have loved to be in a position to help um, – to help OBJ better. We had conversations. Obviously, that's part of my role. But he was doing things to literally undermine authority to the extent where they felt like there was no other decision to make. Was he a part of the problem? No, he was actually calling out the problems. He was calling out hypocrisy. He was calling out stuff that was like, hey, man, I can't even respect you dudes. But at the same time, there's a way to go about everything in the family, right? And so that was the strength of that role. Which, but Odell was also... Like, the problem when you have an Odell situation, I'm a guy that knows how to be the lowest dude, but I also been on Ellen, I've been on Jimmy Kimmel, I had my little day in the sun. And so I actually know what it's like to hear everybody's opinion and, and, and the world come crashing in. But when you get a call from Michael Jordan and you get a call from LeBron, David Tyree's counsel doesn't really sit the same. Uh, <laughs> you uh, say you 20, you know, you're 22. Okay. I'm over okay. here. Here I am. I'm just the helmet catch dude, so on. But I actually know. I can tell you how to win in New York City. I can tell you, you know, why, why people love Derek Jeter. I can tell you there's a certain kind of leader that New York really wants, being like, hey, we want you to have that dog, but don't, but don't screw it up, right? And he was in position for that, but he was very young, and it was really challenging because of the emotions. So now that he's grown, he's had a baby, he's got a Super Bowl ring. I, I said bring Odell if back If he can home. get healthy, so you're saying bring, bring Odell back to bring, New York. Bring him home. Bring him home. And, and, and I, he still is young enough, talented enough, where his body can return from this injury, and he's proven. You know, like, it's, it's, it's not the most sexiest play. I get it. There might be other players in the market, but that – that dude has competitive drive like yeah, few yeah, in yeah, sports, yeah, period. And yeah, I have never seen an individual that is genuinely more talented. Is he older? Yes. But he is talented. Throw left hand. Kick, throw a right hand. Kick, 
kick the ball. So there's no bag of tricks the kid doesn't possess. Man, and I, I just remember from that time doing in-house Giants media, I'd be sitting there in the cafeteria, and Man. you look out. He's out there on the jugs before anybody's Anybody. out there. Anybody. So, it was I special. Mean, I mean, I'm just enjoying it. I mean, I can't imagine Gettleman and OBJ in the same room. There might have been some family feuds of their own going on in there. But, yeah, like, this is an issue of relatability. I mean, like, when you're talking about Gettleman, like, I can relate. And you have to use your chess pieces. I mean, like, you don't – you want to be the guy to solve this problem? Be the guy to get the roster together. And I think that's that's how you have to – like, these – the, the general manager was a back, back when I played in 03 to 06, the general manager wasn't this sexy in the, in the public, you know, everybody knows me. We never me. saw Jerry Reese he, that much. Listen, man, we we, I, didn't, I, I, barely, I barely had a conversation with Ernie, of course. Okay, he, and he gave me my contract, made me the highest special teams player in the league. So I barely had a conversation with this dude. I was never, and at the time, there, there was real stars, like Shockey, Tiki, Strahan. You had to be a real star. I wasn't in the team calendar until I, you know, made the made all pro. I'm like, and I was the special teams rookie of the year. They ain't put me in the calendar for three, four years. I'm like, can I get some respect? We, we've actually renamed the show to the roast of Dave Gettleman today. Uh, yeah, that's no, but, but, but no, we we don't want to go on that end. Like he gave us say, Saquon Barkley. Let's go. Yeah, you know, he Saquon. gave us Daniel Jones. He gave yeah. us, you know, Dave, Dave Gettleman. Like, if you're looking at the draft picks. They're panning out. It's like what it goes back to what Bill Parcells, Bill Parcells said about so. buying the groceries, mm-hmm. and then somebody else got to cook the meal. Somebody else got a salt bag. There you go. You know, like he, he sprinkle me, baby. E forty. The, la- <laughs> the last catch of your career is the helmet catch. Like, yeah. Do you ever just think about that? Like, holy cow, that's like a storybook. Yeah, it's not the way I drew it up, but I almost became my own self fulfilling prophecy. I mean, like. At, at the height, this, this is, you know, the helmet catch happens for when, when you're a guy like myself looking for a moment of validation and working toward a moment of validation. I always felt like I had the respect of my teammates. But, you know, yeah, my third wide receiver, I earned a third wide receiver. I, I actually earned that spot out of training camp. Sorry, BL. And um, it, was a, it was a young Eli. Eli wasn't, he, he didn't emerge just yet. So we couldn't, you know, we couldn't, and, and the Giants had other receivers that, they, you know, they just liked, you know. So it didn't work out for me that year, but I went. I was an all-pro special teamer. So I just had to go keep plowing. So that was my moment of validation, and every athlete wants to build on that. And I remember saying, like, man, if, if nothing else happened from here on, I couldn't be upset with my career. And golly, nothing else happened from there on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had an injury, and it was like, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't even on the field. It was like the worst, worst scenario, like a month after the... You're after, in the locker room. In the locker room. Most You're people don't even room. know the story. The I'm, I'm in there. I go get a workout. Yeah. It's, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm always... I'm thinking about maximizing on my moment, but proving that I'm going to be worth the opportunity that's in front of me. And I bend over. My knee locks up and mm. tore meniscus. Four to six months. What's, what's crazy about the catch in that game, you only had four catches for 35 yards a year. So you yeah. had to be ready in the biggest stage ever against a Patriots team that was undefeated, 18-0, yeah. 
And you had another, you had a touchdown catch in that game too, right? Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. That's I the most forgot you know, about I forgot touchdowns. about that. Forgot Until I was preparing, I forgot you had that catch. That's the, it, listen, no one ever reminds me of, the, of the, the catch. You know, so it's the funniest thing, which is, I totally get it. You know, I, I jump on Instagram and I go on the NFL comms. Oh, you had one play, you sorry son of sack. And um, I'm like, you know, I actually scored a touchdown in that game. So that's at least two plays, right? <laughs> so it's all fun. It's all good. But, um, you know, you, you want to build off of that stuff. And honestly, the, the cool part about those four catches, they might have came all in one game because sad to say that my boy Sonoris wasn't having a good game. So I actually came in the Chicago game. And I didn't save it, but I provided some, some production that really helped us to win that game down the stretch. So I think the Giants knew they had me in the bag as a reliable receiver if they ever needed me, but they prefer other receivers. I, I, again, that receiver room was crowded. I forgot to even <laughs> mention Dominic Hickson. Steve Man. Smith came back from injury. My thing is, like you say, like you scored that touchdown, Yeah. and, and people don't talk about that. My thing is when former players kind of try and downplay that catch. Like it, when a Rodney Harrison tries to be like, yeah. oh, he was just, we didn't prepare for that guy. Yeah. What you mean, bro? What you mean, it's bro? It's super, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't prepare for me. I was on a practice squad, but I was Randy Moss. Both <laughs> times I was getting off and practice. He's killing them. <laughs> but when they come out and they say like, oh, we didn't, we didn't prepare for this guy. It's sure. the Super Bowl. Anyone who steps on that field, you better know his social security number on, bro. and his Twitter password. <laughs> it's the Super Bowl. So how do you feel when people try and downplay yeah. your 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 moments? Yeah, your yeah. Moments. Appreciate it. And I, it, it you know, it's 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 par for the core when you're somebody like myself because the perception is that's all you ever did, but. The, the reality is that was just my moment of validation for the teammates who watched me over the last five years. They watched me through the ups and downs competing as a wide receiver. And, you know, yeah, I didn't work out. I didn't have shining moments. The most catch I had was 22 catches and a couple touchdowns. Ooh. But boom, what really did happen there was that was who I was in a moment. I was always there for my team when my team needed me. So the shade for me is, listen, I'll tell you, I don't believe in luck is finding $20 on the street, man. That was a luck, man, you know, I found me $20 and walking around. But that was a moment of providence. It was too much meaning behind that for me. It was too much meaning for our team. Meaning, like, incorporate something more meaningful than luck in a shady downplay where, man, if you're not prepared for any moment in the National Football League, then that's, that's your fault. So whether it was Rodney, and, 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 and I get it. That's the, everybody has to create their own narrative to find some comfort. But that was, I'm fortunate to say that I had a moment that God gave me that was going to last forever. And I couldn't have painted, I couldn't have drew that up. I couldn't have, you know, forecasted that. But it was, it was definitely my moment I'm proud to have. And Scratch that. You, Rodney Harrison, you're a future Hall of Famer. You should knock the ball out. Yeah. yeah I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you, but, you have conversation with him ever about yeah, it? Yeah, we crossed. Well, we, not like a real conversation because it's never good for him. It's great for me. Like I said, you know, I said, you know, halftime. Hey, hey. So, but, but I think, you know, I think he finally grew up. I think Spike Lee did, a, did a, something on the greatest catch ever. That was the first time he had a tone where he was able to come to terms because what more can you do, right? Like at the end of the day, everybody has to live with experiences in life where you gave your best and your best wasn't good enough. I got to live with that, whether I'm a father, whether I'm at work or something. But what do you do? Are you going to create an excuse behind it? Or are you going to be like, you know what? That was my best. If that wasn't in the cards for me, man, that sucks. But I'm going to move forward. And so for me, 
I, like, that's, like, that's like me lying about his career, like, oh, he was just a dirty player, and, you know, he just kind of marched his way toward the 13th. Like, no, this dude was one of the best ever. Yeah. Tell the truth first. Yeah. Tell the truth. That this, yeah. say, say, hey, man, this guy was scrappy. He had his moment, and he capitalized in the biggest moment. That was to my detriment. That's one of those moments, and it's what's so special about New York sports. You remember where you are. You win the game. You'll be a, a hero forever, and that's why – when teams win here, it's, you know, Giants and Knicks are probably at the top of the heap when they win. It. Let's there's go nothing Knicks. better. I mean, when the Knicks are good, the, the city's rocking. Yeah. And now for the Giants, that moment, I mean, it's, in, it's incredible what that meant. I mean, I, I remember I almost broke my hand celebrating. I, I was in a basement, and yeah. I'm, I'm a big guy. I, like, put my hand up, and I almost broke my hand celebrating that. These are the stories I need. That's why I got Catch the Moment podcast, because I want to hear everybody's story. Behind the You don't want to hear the story why he was in the basement. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, bro. I noticed in New York old. Post, but I was just kids here. Pay six? Pay six? You ever rock the ring anywhere? I do, but you know what? I, I, I've never been in the jewelry, and I got a pinky ring, so the pinky ring moves around a lot. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, you know. When, wait, when we got fitted, you asked for, uh, asked for pinky a pinky ring. Asked for a pinky ring. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my I got, gosh. I got bad, I got bad ring fingers. So I said, you know what? This pink, the pinky is, you know, a little swag to the pinky ring, but I got fitted on the pinky. So it moves around. So I'm like, I don't feel good. I don't feel as confident. So only on request. Have you ever put your hand down and told someone to kiss the ring? No. <laughs> Nah, nah, stay on my humble, man. Ah, I would have done it. I rule in my own domain. Okay. <laughs> BL rocks that everywhere we go. That's how he gets into the clubs and everything. He just puts up, uh, you know, the, the finger. Yeah, I definitely am owed a lot more, you know, um, even though I don't drink, I'll take mocktails. You know, but I'm, I, I'm owed a lot more dinners in New York City. It's not, it hasn't been as gracious as people think. But wait, he said that's how we get in the club. You in, ain't you? Yeah. <laughs> that's how we get in there. We flex that. Well, you first ain't drink's ain't on you. you yeah. It takes we, a couple hours. like, who are you again? We in there. We in there. <laughs> David, Tyree, tell us what you're up to now. I know you're on MSG Network with my guy, Eric Coleman. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, man. Um, definitely provides some fun vibes and talent with odds with ends, betting exchange, better half hour, some of the... Uh, sports betting content. I actually do some work with uh, New York Blitz, Channel 11. Catch the Moment podcast. Find it everywhere on any platform. That's my own. And we basically having conversations about your journey to your moment of success. So it's a cross genre. Just, just dope people with dope experiences. And we really want, the, you know, we want the transparency. We want like, okay, when, when life wasn't good, what was it looking like? So we want, that's, that's what it is. When, when people see your moment of success, that's all people want to celebrate, but they don't, you know, it's really the travail, the adversity, how you had to figure it out, how you had to hack it, and that's really what people really are looking for. So um, it's, it's just, it's been a whole new season. Yeah, man, like I said, just having fun staying in this media role and staying close to ball. Well, we're glad to get you from Montclair to Hoboken. How, what is that, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Not bad. Well, I'm, I'm out in Dover now. I'm way west. I got seven kids, bro. I can't seven. afford nothing in Montclair. You got one for every day hey, of the week. Donations. Donations, real, real talk. Yeah, we're gonna put a Venmo sign behind us. Hey, yeah. get ready for the catch camp too. The catch camp is coming. I'm um, really excited about that. We just finished uh, the concept. We started to have some conversations. We want to launch that in Arizona around Super Bowl, which is gonna be a you know on-field element, leadership development, and career in sports. So I've got a lot going. 
Anybody want to work? As a busy man. <laughs> young, young guy right there, yeah. man. He's, he's a yeah, football player. Man. He's a football just, guy. Let's listen, get, him, we get, try. get him going. Seven yeah. kids, you're like halfway to Antonio Cromartie's, like 12 or 13 with uh, so he had, a... He had, he had million-dollar contracts, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out yeah. here living yeah. in New Jersey, yeah. so the struggle is real for your boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm living by faith. <laughs> David Tyree, catch him on MSG Network. Catch the podcast. Brandon London. Thanks to Pilsner House in Hoboken here. Thanks to Adrian and the gang for having know. us. Two straight weeks. Thanks to Andrew Harris for producing the show. Thanks to your Tri-State Cadillac dealers. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Go check out the CT5V Black Wing 2022 Cadillac outside. Blue Rush Podcast. Give it up. I'm Jake yeah. Brown. Giants are 6-1. Looking to make it 7-1. Blue Rush, signing out.